You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Hang ball, a centering pass, scores! A one-timer from Alex Kerfoot. Marner going in on the backhand, they score! And Mitch Marner gets to 23! Mitch Marner wastes little time, improving his streak to 23 games. Shot taken, scores! A wrist shot on the far side by T.J. Brody. Hall to the point and a shot by Marner. Rebound. Scores! Michael Bunting will have his streak continue. Cross-ice pass in front. They score! Alex Kerfoot has a two-goal night. Sandine over on the right wing side. Engvall scores! And it's a laugher now. Traffic, another shot score. Joey Anderson joins the party, and it's seven to nothing, Toronto. That was a long montage. Yeah. And it was a long montage because <laughs> the Leafs absolutely curb stomped the Anaheim Ducks last night. Seven to nothing. Ilya Samsonov gets a second straight shutout. Mitch Marner continues his point streak to 23 games. Uh, and we're going to be here. We're going to be partying on about it for the next hour and a half. Julia Tashari, Matt Cause with me today. Al's brother currently on, on another beautiful cruise of... Has he sent you photos? Yes, he's sending me photos. I'm like, stop sending me these. I don't want to see this. I just watched the Leafs play the Anaheim Ducks and, and absolutely stomp them. And you know what? It was fun to watch because... Um, I don't know. I heard Carlo yesterday in the morning show saying it's point night. It's got to be point night. And it was. It was. It, it was point night. It definitely was. Uh, Alex Kerfoot gets two goals. Engvall gets a goal. Like you know, the night is going well. If that's the case, I was wondering about that montage the whole time. I'm thinking, poor Joey Anderson, because like, are they going to do the montage with all seven goals? I'm like, ah, maybe they'll cut it off oh, after yeah. four. And is that good for Joey Anderson? Hasn't scored in uh, in over two years. I don't know what's, what would have been more interesting, watching that third period last night or seeing pictures of Al's brother with his parents in a hot tub. I don't know which one would He's be He's only more. there with his dad, and I okay. will say the hot tub pictures are very entertaining. It, yeah. It's all entertaining, uh, except for, I don't know, I was expecting a little more. The ducks are kind of, before we get into the Leafs, the ducks yeah. are befuddling to me. Why are they so terrible? Why are they so god-awful? We were talking about it yesterday. They, um, the, the first couple minutes... You know, they were good. They raced out. Uh, first period, 17 shots. 17 like, shots. But there's here's the thing. Their best moment was the first period, and they were still down 2 nothing. You're so right about but that. You're right. There is recognizable names. There's youth with talent. And then it's not just that they're bad. There's a lot of bad teams in the NHL. Yeah. It's that all the... Whoever you think is the second worst team in the NHL is... That team is heads and tails better than the Anaheim Ducks. One regulation win through 30 games. It's yeah. just one of the most staring stats I've ever heard in the modern NHL. Usually there's a, usually there's just a little bit of parody. Like, we dunk on the Arizona Coyotes all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Coyotes, being, they're, they're the 70s game. Canadians compared to the Coyotes, the 70s they're Canadians. They're just chugging are, along. They yeah. pick up a win here and there. The, the Canadians are yeah. not good this year, but they, they're fun to watch. They put up goals every night. You're doing all. The, you're doing a lot of coverage with the World Juniors, correct? Yep. Are you going to at some point slide up to Connor Bedard and go, "Hey, Connor, yeah, that team, uh, 
You're going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting uh, next year when you get drafted by the Anaheim Ducks. Beach like, looks pretty nice. The, beach the, looks the nice. Beach does though. look nice. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. But they're terrible, and it was great for the Leafs last night because they got to pounce on that. And and you know what? It, snaps and claps for them for pouncing on it. Yeah. James Duthie was clowning on them a bit last night for the fact that this looked like the total trap game. Like mm-hmm. it looked like classic, tough for the Leafs to get up on a Tuesday night in December when they're on an absolute heater to play the worst team in the league. The Ducks on the second half of a back-to-back, but they got up for it. They were dominant, and they didn't let really... Because sometimes I heard Dave Poulin say it this morning, and, and he put it in a really good way. He said something along the lines of, um, a traditional point night is when guys like cheat for offense and, and they're really looking to pad individual stats. I don't think, think that they cheated much last night. They it was all deserved. They have, you're, you're absolutely right. They haven't cheated all year. Mitch Marner, yeah. you know, passing up on the empty net, you know, to keep his streak alive to bunting. He later scored. And I think it was pulling, it was bringing up, there's been some moments where Austin Matthews, when he was scuffling to score at five on five, where he would have, like in basketball, there is the, the best thing you can do sometimes is you pass up a good shot to create a great shot for your, for your teammate. Right. And I've seen that with Matthews, where it's like, okay, I got a decent opportunity to score, but that winger over there has got a better opportunity, so I'll pass it. And so I've not seen, I've not seen Matthews try to cheat for offense. I haven't seen Martin. We haven't seen anyone on this team um, cheat for offense. It's one of the reasons why they're one of the best defensive teams. Yeah, and, and just more in terms of the defensive side of the puck. Two shutouts in a row for Ilya Samsonov. Mm -hmm. Uh, He got the belt last night. He was jokingly a little salty the game before when he didn't receive the game belt for his first shutout. Uh, But William Nylander gave it to him last night and Ilya Samsonov kept the just quote machine person that he is going. He's hilarious. This is what he had to say after the game. Long time I wait. (laughs) Half year. You know, 11 games. I'm enjoying. I will be go sleep with this. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to sleep with it tonight. He is a hilarious character. He hasn't led in a goal since, I don't know, some point in November. Uh, 152 minutes since he's allowed a goal. So impressive. Best save percentage in the league right now. Of Ilya course. Samsonov. That's what we, we remember at this uh, during the off season when Dubis went after Samsonov and Matt Murray. I remember specifically on air saying I expect by Christmas for Samsonov to have the best save percentage in the NHL and for the Leafs to be in the top three in team save percentage. I 100% said that right. as long as you don't go back and check the tape. Yeah. Don't go back and check the tape we both definitely um said that (laughs) the leafs uh just everything seems to be going right right now i I mentioned the point streak continued for mitch marner 23 games we're gonna have joe bowen on a little bit later we'll we'll also have Harmon dial on from out west in vancouver where things aren't so rosy um but but we'll have to talk to joe bowen about just how else we can talk about Mitch Marner, like the point streak continued on last night and he got the ovation from the crowd and it was exciting, but I don't even know what to say anymore. He, he's the year is electric for him. He's clearly getting the love from the crowd and it's all well deserved. This is the highest level of honor you can get. And um, not to take this to other sports for a second, but you know, when LeBron was at, and I'm not comparing, but when LeBron was at his peak, yeah. at some point it became boring. So then announcers had to find ways to talk about things he was doing off the court. Um, Tom Brady, the other day, was down by like 14 points with three minutes to go against the Saints. 
and then came back and won. And it got boring talking. It's like, oh, my God, Brady's 45. Look what he's doing. Yeah. still doing it. We'll talk later about Ovechkin. Oh, got a hat trick. Um, guys, when they are performing, athletes in any sport, when you're, when you're at that highest level, they make it boring for everyone around you to talk about anything beyond, wow, isn't this fella great? Yeah. And you know what? Is it boring to see the Leafs stomp a team 7 no. nothing? No. No. And, and by, no. The, by the way... He, he, Maybe okay. Wait, let's be honest for a second. Maybe a little, like a little competition is fun, but we can't sit here and complain when the Leafs pull off a textbook execution win. Though it does feel a little bit strange to sit here and analyze it and break it down when it was just a pure, purely dominant performance. Okay, here's my advice to you and Tell everyone me. listening who's like, "Oh, it's kind of hard to talk about the Leafs right now when everything's going great." What do you prefer, summer or winter? Ooh, it's an interesting question because I, I kind of, it's eight, at some point okay. during the summer, I get a little warm and I and I crave the winter. And mm-hmm. then at some point, the winter gets a little long and I'm ready for summer. And you crave the summer. Yeah. Okay, so I want you to embrace that for a second. Uh, because right now, it's like, oh, man, if there was a little spice of the leaves, you know, something uh, topical. But I want you to enjoy this moment because eventually things will go bad. There will be You're right. Mo- there will be dips. Yep. So you got to enjoy. It's like... When the summer is hot and you're sweaty, before you complain, just remember at some point there's going to be a shovel and there's going to so be true. and there's going to be salt stains. So right now, enjoy every moment of this. Of the least playing basically perfect hockey right now, because at some point they're going to scuffle. Yeah. So right now I'm just basking in the glow. And how about Mitch Marner? That pass to set up Tavares. He could not have made Tavares' life any easier, Beautiful. which keeps the Marner streak alive and Tavares' first goal in like four or five games, whatever it, it is. It's a thing of beauty. Let's keep basking in it when we get to our stays and our goes. Well, I suppose we should get going. All right, everybody, stay right where you are. Get the hell out of here. No, you stay here. You gotta get going, so go. I'm sorry you came. Time now for stay. Nobody got a gun to your head. Or go. I'll be back. Okay, Matt. Should I stay or should I go? Your stay or go debut. Yeah. Let's let's rip off some goes first, and then we can really bask in the glory of the great. Um, I have the Anaheim Ducks in the NHL question mark as a go. I don't, I don't understand. It's, it's, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Trevor Zegers, I don't know. Like I was, he he got burned kind of badly on that Marner goal, and I was expecting him. Like if you're gonna do something flashy offensively or something, do something in this game. He's kind of the face of. Uh, the new wave of the NHL, and, yeah. and we've seen the highlights a million times of the Michigan Michigan goal and the over the net goal. Uh, I don't know. God turned into a player. He's like he's do like other things. At some point, he's like a great actor, but the movies he he's in was a lousy director and a worse script. Right. That's what that's what Zegers is. Yeah, right but now. there's so many good characters on. There. Like I like their coach. I like a couple of their pieces in the blue line. I don't mind what they have between the pipes. And for some reason, they are terrible. I'd but- also like to delete the fact that the Leafs ever lost. To this hockey team, yes, isn't that unfathomable yeah. to wrap your head around? And I know it's the NHL, and there's a lot of parody, and and Anaheim's terrible, and they're down on themselves right now, and they can't really be this bad. But the idea that this Leafs team ever lost to that Anaheim team is. 
crazy. It's like it's like when you look back at a bad relationship that you've had and you see him or her on Facebook. You're like, I can't believe I dated them. I know. Wait, did they really write that? Yes. Wait, what did they say about what happened in Ottawa with the convoy? And well, they look like that, and then you're like, oh my, can I really date them? So it's it's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. What are your what are your goes? Okay, my gotta goes first. When you mentioned you like the coach of Anaheim, um, my my number one go is please stop showing depressed pictures of Dallas. Oh, Eakins. I know. Like, him just he looks so sad. I've never seen someone with such prominent, well-defined cheekbones look as sad as Dallas Eakins did. And then they brought the story about how um, there was a picture at the Scotia Bank of of Wendell Clark after beating up Dallas Eakins, and he got the picture removed when he was the coach. And now he found out the picture is still there in the concourse. So the first thing that's got to go is sad uh, Dallas Eakins. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He deserves. I was kind of saying in just to somebody yesterday, like, what do the Anaheim Ducks have to do? Why are they so terrible? And the answer I got was, like, I don't know. They fire the coach. It's yeah. what, I guess what you do when a team is terrible. But this is not on Dallas Aikens. No. They are terrible, and they have to figure out a way to play respectable hockey because it's just terrible. The other two things for me that got to go. One, the lazy core four of the Maple Leafs. Oh, my gosh. None of them. They all <laughs> played less than 17 and a half minutes. You are lazy players. People play, pay big money. Shame on all of you. And finally, um, what's got to go is Alex Kerfoot scoring first. Because I bet two dollars on John Tavares to be the fir- to score first last night, that would have won me twenty two dollars. Right, that's the best I got for gotta go on a night where where everything went right for Toronto, and you can go well, you know, Anaheim they did have a lot of shots in the first period. There was only a couple of them. There was a McTavish one that was kind of dangerous. Like I'm sorry, that's nitpicking at the highest degree. Yeah. If we're going, well, you know, in the first part of the first period, that's all I got for gotta goes. Yeah. Okay. There was one part of the first period that I circled as a moment where. I thought to myself, okay, they really buckled down. They were up 2 nothing, and Mark Giordano, God bless his heart, is out there blocking shots. Yeah. And just being bought in defensively. When you see guys like, this has been the case for this whole hot streak that the Leafs have been on. When Marner's bought in defensively, when Matthews is bought in defensively, and when you got 39-year-old Mark Giordano blocking shots against the Anaheim Ducks in December when you're already up 2 nothing in the first period, uh, it just shows that buy-in. Everybody has no choice but to buy-in, and that was a moment I circled as, okay, they could have took their foot off the gas there, but uh, Gio was jumping in front of pills, and, and uh, they were not going to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, in terms of things, uh, now do I go first or do you go first? That uh, You know, things you go I first. Stay. Tell me some stays. Okay, the first stay for me is, is Connor Timmons. Yeah. Connor Timmons, just the imprint he had on those first two goals. Where uh, on the uh, you know the first, the Kerfoot goal that started with a great pass by Timmins to get it to Pierre Engvall and then they're off and running. But then the second goal, the John Tavares one, that was all because of just the hockey IQ and Timmins in the right place because Anaheim was trying to clear the puck from their zone and Timmins not only intercepted it, intercepted it cleanly, waited for a second, got it to Marner, and then then the Marner magic with Tavares. But none of that happens without this uh, without this defenseman. So. Uh, that from his first thing has got to stay. Yeah, three point nine for Connor Timmins. Um, I, I think I, I'm really impressed by what we've seen out of him thus far. I I, I really liked him in junior, and I've said that a couple times. And I'm I'm looking forward to the rise of Connor Timmins to continue because mm-hmm. I, I think it's looking like a pretty nice little pickup at this point. Depth scoring, and I think we could circle. He didn't score, but those three assists, we can add Connor Timmins into that party. Alex Kerfoot, we talked about the past. I brought him up with Frankie, and then yesterday I brought him up with uh, 
with Terry, too, that Alex Kerfoot for the cap hit, he's in a contract year. He hadn't been doing much this season. And I, I've, I've had his back in saying that. Like, he he's has the ability to play anywhere in the lineup and be this Swiss Army Knife type, type player. We've heard Sheldon Keefe call that time and time again. But there's a disadvantage to that in that you never get it in a, in a groove with an actual role and really understand what your role is on a team. He needed those couple goals last night. I, I kind of had forgotten that it's a contract year for Alex Kerfoot. So when the production dries up in a year like that, you can probably really find yourself gripping your stick a little bit more. Those couple goals last night, you could tell, felt really, really good for him. And the depth scoring came from kind of everybody. Angval got one, though Frank Corrado did make a good point in texting us and saying that silly was a little bit egregious for... I don't know, what was that, the fifth or sixth goal? The Selly was a little much, Pierre, but but the goal was sick, and, oh, and the depth s- score was great. By the way, Joey Anderson on. Go on, got wait, one. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Somebody had a problem with the Pierre Engvall celebration? Yeah. Okay, okay, for a second, ridiculous. Because that goal was the result, and I'm just going over my, back to my notes, it was relentless forecheck. It was puck battles being won. I went back and counted. It was basically 34 seconds of pure hell the Maple Leafs established in Anaheim's zone. That goal was so... That, that might have been the most deserving goal of the night. Celebrate. Get on. Get get off there. Uh, whoever these Debbie It was Downers. Frankie, okay, uh, Frankie, but I Corrado. supported it. No, 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 no. Frankie Corrado. JT, both of you, up high on Mount Pius. Up high there, casting judgment. No, Pierre Engvall, I'm upset he didn't celebrate more. I wish he'd done the, the Macarena right on the Ooh. ice and pretended like it was a, a wedding from 1997. Okay, I'm into that. Yeah, uh, yeah Brody, Bunting, those point streaks are continuing to. Bunting on a nine-game point streak. Mm-hmm. Matthews, that's not depth scoring, but on an eight-game point streak. That Leaf streak continues to 15. The Samsonov shutout streak continues. Like, just all this Everyone's going streaking. Well. Oh Everybody's yeah, streaking. It was it was it was a, a nude day, a nude night at the game. Just everyone, yeah. like the end of slap shot. We're all getting naked because the streak's alive. And by the way, shadow Joey Anderson, his first goal since like March sixth, two thousand and twenty. Very impressive. Yes, I didn't realize that that first Alex Kerfoot goal either. His first five on five goal in forty five games. Forty five games. Yeah, and and all seven goals, all even strength, I believe, last night against Anaheim as well. And that was one of the storylines when the Leafs were doing poorly, is that why can't this team score at even strength? And they certainly did plenty of that last night. Got a touchdown against Anaheim. Love it. Okay, we're going to have Joe Bowen. He's probably tired today after announcing all those goals last night on next. So Yeah. Real nice of him to join us after such a work-heavy night for him. So we'll see that on the other side, or we'll hear that rather. For now, you're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julie Cherry and Matt Cause here on TSN 1050 and the iHeartRadio app. Matthews has done it again! Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Welcome back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. Julia Tashari and Matthew Cause with you. AB, once again on a cruise, enjoying his vacation, and we're enjoying uh, the cruise content that he's been posting and providing us with. And we also really enjoyed a 7 nothing stomping of the Anaheim Ducks last Hell night, yeah. courtesy of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And right now on the phone, we have a gentleman who's probably kind of tired today. You had to call a lot of goals last night. Joe Bowen, voice of the Maple Leafs on TSN. How are you doing today, Joe? I'm good, Julia. How are you? It's always fun to have games that are in the right column under those circumstances because over the years, we've had a few that were on the other side of that coin, and that's a lot worse than uh, 
than what happened last night. Absolutely. I, we were watching that 7 nothing game. It's kind of like, okay, this is a bit of this could be a little bit of a snooze fest. But when you put it into perspective uh, of all the things Leafs Nation has endured, we'll take a 7 nothing win any night of the week. But, but Joe, I was thinking back earlier to start the season. You've seen this Anaheim team play the Leafs before this season. They took the loss in that one, and it was it feels like a, just a different team. They've really had a turnaround since that point. What's been the most impressive part of this turnaround for you? Um, their attention to detail defensively. Um, the goaltending's been good and at times very, very good. But I think that what we're seeing is uh, a team that has decided that um, if they work hard defensively and work well in their own end, uh, despite a myriad of injuries, especially the back end, uh, that they can be competitive. And they're getting timely scoring when they need it. Last night was a laugher, but throughout the course of this uh, uh, unbeaten streak, um, they have played very, very well defensively. And I think that that's the biggest uh, turnaround in the whole thing and and uh, uh defense wins championships that is yeah. stated just about every sport that you can think of but until everybody buys into that um it, it becomes just lip service and i think at this point we're seeing that they have bought into it i think the most impressive thing and we'll just stay on the defense for a second is they're basically tied with the islanders for the best team save percentage. Boston is the only one higher. The only difference, though, between the Leafs and the Islanders and the Bruins is the those other two teams, they've never had to play a third-string goalie. In fact, Boston and the Islanders have only once combined all year have had to use a third-string goalie. Toronto, and Shogun's played well, Toronto's had a third-string goalie play 10 games already this year. I, I think that, for me, is the most impressive thing, and you sort of touched on it, Joe, is that the goaltending's been good, but they've had to rely on a lot of depth goaltending, and yet they've got the same sort of defensive numbers as Boston and the Islanders. Well, the other thing, too, Matt, and I, I'm not privy to know what the, the, the defense tandems uh, on both of those other teams have been, but how deep have the Leafs gone yeah. into their defense core? And when you get someone like Connor Timmons, uh, picking up three points um, and literally taken off the scrap heap uh, in order to join the Maple Leafs. Um, I think it, 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 a lot of kudos have to go to, um, you know, Kyle Dubas and the scouting staff who have found some people within the organization to be depth pieces. And all of a sudden, these depth pieces have had to play prominent roles. And I've been very impressed with him. And uh, I think that when you uh, you see that and you see how well Lilligren and uh, Sandine have come along with the added ice time and the added responsibilities, um, I think that you have to really kind of tip your hat to the management and the scouting staff who have gone out and made sure that they had this kind of depth within the organization or went out and found an additional piece to put in. And um, I think that that's one of the things that I have been – as impressed with as the goaltending and as the uh, team has thought about playing a total defensive game, I think it's been a really, really impressive um, debut for a lot of these guys in Leaf uniforms. 
Absolutely. And just to go micro for a second, because you said the name Connor Timmons. If people didn't watch the game, they look at the box score. They're like, well, he got three assists, but the first two, they were kind of secondary assists. But I thought Timmons, just the, the pass that led to the Kerfoot goal or, you know, the save he did to uh, keep the puck in the zone on the Tavares goal. I thought Timmons, like those are two high-end hockey plays by a defenseman who hasn't played much hockey. No, exactly, and hasn't hasn't scored a lot of points. I mean, this is his career high in, in points in a game, um, and and you know the whole. And, and then you take a look at one of the other things where they pieced together uh, Justin Hall with uh, Mark Giordano, and I mean from being booed out of the building one night, uh, Justin Hall has become a very solid defender. And Mark Giordano has been asked to play a, a lot more minutes than what uh, I'm sure he was thinking was going to be the case with all of the injuries. And they have really stepped up their game. So um, there are a lot of people that you can kind of throw some bouquets at uh, who aren't showing up big time on the score sheet a lot, but have done a really, really good job of having to adapt to new partners having adapt to different situations within the uh, framework of the team and, and adapt to the amount of ice time that they've been asked to, uh, uh, to perform with. So um, that whole defense core, um, along with the goaltending, has been really, really good. Yeah, it's been so impressive, and, and all without Jake Muzzin and, and Morgan Riley, probably their two top defenders. Joe, do you think there's something to it in, in that the Leafs had no choice but to buckle down defensively, missing those couple guys and, and previously TJ Brody, and that's kind of added to the way that they've all kind of had no choice but to buy in, and now they've seen it, and they think, hey, this looks pretty good. Well, they probably got tired of the coaches yelling in their ears. Right. <laughs> um, and and may, maybe it just managed to get through some of the uh, 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 membranes uh, inside the brains. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree with you, Julia. I think that they realized that they had to do some things differently, maybe because of the injuries that they had, and, and they bought into it. And now the, the key is, can they maintain that? Can they uh, play the same way? throughout and maybe the other night when uh, things kind of got into a little bit of a run and gun when they were playing Calgary uh, they got away from it a little bit but uh, I thought against Anaheim after the first period they uh, I mean they just completely dominated that game and and played exceptionally well in their own end and really didn't uh, give uh, uh, Samsonov an awful lot to do after the first period. Absolutely, and really the only loser last night is was if you were not a fan of Hall & Oates because you had to hear that song seven <laughs> times. Joined by... Why they take a lot of flack for that? No! But, I... but, you know what, how come someone, everybody complains about it, but I never hear anybody say, here's a replacement. Oh, I, I, here's... oh actually, Al's we... brother had a pretty good one to start the season. Who... I'll have to send it to your way. We, okay. We could do it. We could, by the way, every player has their own goal song. Maybe in December well, you get more holiday. How that's going to work? That's out. So much effort for game ops. No, exactly. But how how many goals are you really not too sure who the hell scored it? You know what, Joe? 
That is an excellent point by you. That is a great point by you. So, um, uh, I'm breakaways all of them. Okay how, okay, how about this? Month of December, it's all different holiday songs. In uh, October, we get oh. some Halloween. Thing. Listen, <laughs> we can work on this. February. Oh, yes. We certainly could work on that. <laughs> yeah, maybe you know, Jack Armstrong could sing a couple tunes. We'll play it there. Okay. A, lot of, a lot of places there to go. go. Oh, um, so... Mitch Marner, last year was all about Austin Matthews, as it rightfully should have been, 60 goals. And now, it's it's funny, the spotlight is going onto, onto Mitch Marner, and it, this feels like it's almost a little bit overdue. And the only funny thing, uh, Joe, and maybe you can help us, and this is a compliment to Mitch Marner, we're kind of running out of, uh, of adjectives. We're kind of running out of ways to talk about just what an incredible season he's having. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, he is Merlin the Magician. Um, he has eyes in the back of his head. Uh, Jimmy, Ralph, and I have often commented that it seems like Marner is sitting right beside us up in the press box uh, where he can see everything develop at a little bit of a slower pace yeah. and make creative plays because of it. Meanwhile, it's down at ice level where things are going a 1,000 miles an hour for a lot of people who wouldn't have even a remote thought of doing some of the things that he does on a regular basis. So uh, you're right, and, and the, the superlatives are there, and they're warranted, and we're running out of adjectives to describe it, but um, uh, just a, a, a tremendous talent. Um, and the other aspect, I mean, you know what? One of the, uh, the key parts of this season is going to be the five-on-three that they had to defend the other night when Marner's stick was broken, and now it's literally a five-on-two-and-a-half, and he's out blocking shots. Sandine and Lilligren are blocking shots, and they kill off uh, the five-on-three. The and I think a lot of that, that small sample kind of showed you the detail that they're looking at is trying to play defensively. And it was a big-time part of the hockey game. It was a big-time kill, and it also gave them a great opportunity to go on. But I think it also uh, echoed through the dressing room as to if these guys are doing it, then we've got to be able to do it ourselves. Absolutely. Joe Bowen on the phone phone right now, voice of the Maple Leafs. Um, Okay, so it's the regular season, and this is about as hot of a stretch as we've ever seen from this Maple Leafs team. And you've had a chance to watch Matthews and Marner since they came into the league and, and this whole core as they've developed, is there, and it's tough to say in the regular season, are you seeing an element of maturity from this group that you have yet to see? Well, I, I don't think there's any question that it, it starts with uh, William Nylander. Um, and, and I think the other guys may have shown the maturity a little bit earlier, but I don't think there's any question that we are seeing it in spades uh, as far as Willie Nylander's play is, uh, both with and without the puck, and in the offensive zone as well as the defensive zone. A talented, talented offensive player that has finally bought in to playing without the puck and being a dominant force uh, in retrievals, uh, in forechecking, in, in uh, getting to the dirty areas. Um, and I think that that's uh, as big an aspect of the Leafs' offense uh, this year is his development defensively. Um, and I think that that maturity we're seeing, I think we've already seen it with Marner and Matthews and obviously with Tavares. Uh, we're seeing it with Lilligren and Sandine uh, and some of the other younger players that have uh, 
kind of fit in the roles throughout the course of the third and fourth lines. But I think the, the, the absolute key to it has been the maturity of Willie Nylander. You know what I'm curious about, and I, I was going to make a joke about we all need to give Dallas Aikens a hug, <clears throat> but what I'm curious about is every great team goes through highs and lows, even the Tampas and the Colorados of the world. I'm curious about how the Leafs, and I hate to be projecting when they eventually lose, but eventually they will, uh, if they you know lose three or four. Because sometimes when things are going so well, once you go in a bit of a dip, sometimes it can be harder to get out of that valley. But now with this sort of higher level of maturity and so many of the players are older than what they were. Well, hell, we're all older than what we were. That's kind of a sleek point by me. But the important thing here is I'm wondering how does this team react when they deal with adversity, something they haven't dealt with since the first time they played Anaheim this year? Well, I mean, it, it, you're talking about when they did uh, have the adversity. The, the start of their season was sputtering. Um, it wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't good. Uh, there were all kinds of people jumping off the bandwagon, suggesting some major league changes, either uh, coaching or player-wise. So, I think that they have experienced that, Matt, and I think that that will uh, hold them in good stead when they do have this uh, streak end. And maybe they'll just, uh, you know, pick it right up and say, "Well, let's get on the on the wagon again and, and get another streak going." I mean, for trying to keep pace with Boston as well as they've played, and I don't think that they've reached any kind of a spot in their schedule yet where they've had to face some adversity, but you would think that that might be coming. But I think that uh, the aspect that they have gone through it, they've understood it, they've made some uh, adjustments, uh, I think augurs well that they should be able to find themselves uh, digging themselves out of uh, you know a, a one or two game losing streak that uh, is obviously going to come throughout the course of the season. But I think that they have faced that adversity, and and I think they've learned from it. Yeah, got to be encouraging knowing that they they dug themselves out of that hole at the beginning of the season, and here they are flying higher than anybody in the NHL right now. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for hopping on with us after all those goals you had to call last night. Rest the voice and yeah. enjoy the rest of the day. Well, we're going to try and get through this blizzard tomorrow to get down there and do the game, so we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. Joe Bowen, Voice in the Maple Leafs. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's, it's supposed it's... to snow tomorrow. Okay, don't say it like that. What, look, what is that voice? You, you said that voice like, was filled with anticipation. Yes. Okay, then clearly you're doing the show from home tomorrow. Because here's the rule when it comes to snow. Snow is delightful. It is a Norman Rock, Rockwell visual feast. As long as you don't have to get in your car. And if, go anywhere, right? Well, yeah, exactly. But I, I, I really it. hate when it's... This weekend I was flying to Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And uh, ugh, it's just so ugly to look down and see everything dead. And it's got this like, I know, that gray, gray, that gray tinge that gray to sucks. it. No, we it's all... supposed to be covered up and blanketed by a bit of snow to help things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's terrible to look every, and see everything so gray and dead. We, it I needs agree. a little dusting yes, of snow a over dust, top. A dusting of snow. Like, you know, just a little of the powdered sugar over your donut. Nothing it's weirder fantastic. than waking up on Christmas Day and you're like, what yeah. is it, October right now? I don't like... I, and I never struggled with that because I'm from Thunder Bay and we never had the issue of no, no. snow it was never a problem. Yes. Snow on Christmas. The outdoor rink was good on Christmas. Like snow is good on Christmas. 
And and here it's like, what is it, September right now? It's so strange. Toronto City Slickers, like myself and many of the other, uh, many of the listeners, we're used to sometimes that ugly gray. And I agree with you. But Brown qu- Christmas. Uh, I'm dreaming, dreaming of, of a muddy boring, Christmas. Boring. Like, Just yeah. like nobody's them. dreaming of that. I was about to start singing. Like, no, I can't. I can't horn in. <laughs> I can't horn in on Jack Armstrong's territory. I will just say this. Yeah, you hear? Is it really going to be a lot of snow? I've heard more wind than snow tomorrow. Like, what? What are the? What, how much snow are they really calling for? Because I just need to know. Because then I'll just adjust my own plans. Because you get too much snow, I'm just not getting in the car. I know. See, listen. I was just about to say, okay, let's stay home tomorrow. And then I realized I have to come in and shoot some other stuff tomorrow. So I will be in the office tomorrow, okay. despite the snow. And yeah. I've got the four wheel drive, so I'll be okay. Nice. Yeah, we'll see about me. I'm a game time decision. You're a game time. Eh? Game, I am game time decision. Oh, okay. Uh, our producer Nick just got in my ear. Said ten to fifteen centimeters tomorrow. That's what? not even bad. Oh, okay. That's more than I thought. That's Ugh. way less than I thought. It's, it's, yeah, okay. I was looking for feet or something. Nick, tell the it's producers. Not as bad as uh, I thought. Yeah, gameplay tomorrow might be coming live from my home. All right. In my pajamas. All right. I'm sorry. Lease Busters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit LeaseBusters.com. For Juliet Sherry and Matt Cause, you're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050 and the iHeartRadio app. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. Uh, Leafs, big win over the Anaheim Ducks last night. 7 nothing W. Julie Tashir and Matt Cause with you here on Leafs Lunch. Um, we got a text at about 12.10 saying, where is the love for Ovi? And boy, do we ever have love for Ovi. And of course we're going to show some. 800th career goal last night. A hat trick. Um, isn't it? Doesn't it seem like this happened with Austin Matthews last year too? He was like three away from tying vibes, and then he was like, you know, screw it. Maybe I'll just get a hat trick this game. And, yeah. and, and it feels like this happens with Ovi too. Whenever he's close to a milestone, he goes into a game three, three goals away from said milestone, and decides actually maybe I'll just crush it. So shout out to all the graphic artists last night who had to. Had to stress oh, and, yeah. and make the, oh my gosh, I didn't think he was going to get the Hattie tonight and make those 800 gold graphics last minute. Shout out to them. Uh, and shout out to Ovi, who, I don't know, there, there's a million stats we can pull right now about his greatness and his longevity and his, uh, he doesn't have the Iron Man streak, but he's a, he's a man made of iron in yes, this league. Yes, he is. He, he, there, there are so many. Here's one little one, and just to c- compare it, because the Leafs will be taking on Washington on Saturday, a game you can listen to right here on TSN 1050. Um, Ovechkin, and some of these might be because of suspensions, Alexander Ovechkin has missed 57 games in his 18-season career. That is LeBron. That is Tom Brady. That is the outlier of the outlier. You don't set records unless you've got crazy health. So again, Ovechkin, 57 games missed in 18 seasons. Austin Matthews, and this is not a shot on him, Austin Matthews has missed 60 games in seven seasons. So in 11 fewer seasons... Austin Matthews has already missed three more games than Ovechkin has for his entire career. And when Alexander Ovechkin started playing hockey, you know, you were, you know, 
two, yeah. three years old. Like it's it's incredible that level of durability and can and consistency. You can set your watch to it. Yeah. It, it, from the same spot on the ice, too. Like, everything about him is so consistent on a night-to-night basis. Uh, nobody thought that he was going to get 800 last night, but John Walton had an amazing call of the goal on the radio. Here it is. Coming far wing. Murphy in for the blue line, battling Milano, and then a puck set the distance all the way down into the... Chicago zone, the Blackhawks starting another turnover in front, and Mantha feeding it to Kuznetsov, and Morazic diving, a shot, they score, and it's Alex Ovechkin, and it's 800 goals in the National Hockey League, the bench empties, Alex Ovechkin is the third player in National Hockey League history to score 800 goals, he here in Chicago, Illinois, on the 13th of December, 2022. History here at the Madhouse on Madison. Alex Ovechkin, Gordy Howe, and Wayne Gretzky are now the only three skaters ever in National Hockey League history to score 800 goals. That was fantastic. That was wonderful. It was composed. It was a great level of energy. Incredible call. It was an incredible call. There was no hiccup. There's one thing, though, that for me, that kind of not needed. I saw in your face that yeah. there was something lacking for you. Why did you have to say Illinois? <laughs> like, why? Like, like, it was just suddenly a geography thing. Chicago, Illinois. And, of course, Illinois, is most, so funny. Illinois is most known for its, you know, its agricultural potatoes and potatoes. Or I don't know. Potatoes. What is Illinois no- known for? Uh, it's yeah, you know, it's fairly flat. It's uh, it's known for Chicago. Chicago, yeah, you know, that's about it. I just again, great call, fantastic call. I just didn't feel Illinois was needed. Okay, that's fair all. enough, fair criticism, incredible yeah. call nonetheless. I yeah. thought it was absolutely great the way that the Chicago fans yes. were cheering for Alex Ovechkin. I think if that would have happened in any venue around the league, people would have love for for what Ovi did last night, and this is what. Alex Ovechkin, the man of the hour himself, had to say about that crowd in Chicago that was giving him a whole bunch of love. It's great, you know. Um, obviously, when when my career is over, I'm going to look at the, all the uh, all the highlights and uh, all the moments, and uh, it's you know it's memorable. You know, my friends going to remember that forever. Uh, my kids watching, uh, my, my mom, dad watching, and uh, it's uh, it's special. There, there's a couple cool little things there uh, about him getting that hat trick last night. One that I read about the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks is Luke Richardson. When Alexander Ovechkin scored his first goal in his first game against the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2005, who was on the ice? Defenseman Luke Richardson. You're kidding. So Luke Richardson not only defended against Ovechkin poorly. Um, back in 2005 when Ovi, I think, had two goals in that game. And now flash forward to 798 goals later. And they are both going up against each other. But one is a coach. And the other is giving you 19 minutes a night. And is fifth in the NHL in goals this year. It's so impressive. And then there's the age thing. Yeah. Here is the ages of the top five goal scorers this year. 25, 25, 23, 37, or 27, 37. You know what Ovechkin is? You ever watch Sesame Street? 
<laughs> yes. One of these things doesn't belong yeah. here. Three kids are got a hula hoop. One kid's got a jump rope. Ovechkin's the jump rope. All these other people. It's an, it's an iron jump rope, too. It is an, one of those uh, yes. weighted ones. Just one of those weighted ones. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, the handles are always heavier. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, what a hero you are. But it's in, scoring goals is a young man's game in the NHL. And Ovechkin is 10 years older than the, the other than Dreisaitl at 27. Last year, Ovi scored 50 goals. The only guys with more goals, Matthews was 24, Dreisaitl was 26, and somehow Chris Kreider weaseled in at 30. Scoring goals is a young man's game unless you are the silver-haired fox of Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah, absolutely. I, I also just, as an aside, I know we're having a, a, a cro- an Ovi moment right now, but yeah. I'm, don't look now. The Pens are kind of on a heater right now. Oh, yeah. Sidney Crosby's well over a point per game, too. So don't count the old dogs out oh, no. quite yet. Don't you want Don't you want Pittsburgh-Washington in the playoffs? Wouldn't you want no, Ovi versus Crosby? No, I don't, Crosby? because I want them to both go on to the second round, and I would like them both to win another Stanley Fair Cup, enough. even though but more than anything, I would like the Leafs to win another Stanley Cup. So it's very conflicting emotionally it is. Uh, for my bleeding heart. Yeah. Anyways, with that, let's get to good call or bad call. It's time for good call. After reviewing the play, we got a goal. Or bad call. So f- we'll run straight here. On Leafs Lunch. Okay. Good call or bad call. Matthew Cause, your debut yeah. on this segment. Yeah. So I will read a statement that was compiled by our fearless leader, Stephanie Apolito, and you and I will decide if that statement is a good call or a bad call. Okay, number one. We'll stay on the Obi topic. Obi has nine 50-goal seasons, sharing the most 50-goal season record, or most 50-goal seasons record with Bossy and Gretzky. Since we always like to compare Obi and Matthews, as goal scorers, good call or bad call, Matthews will finish his career with seven or more 50-goal seasons. Good call. Um, yeah. If this was a decade ago, I would have said no, because just where the game was played and just the level of defense and how hard it was to score. We are seeing now the game is becoming more of a, of a offensive explosion. So I'm going to say good call. Also, as long as Marner and Matthews are together, then Matthews will always benefit from having Mitch Marner there, sort of like what Kuznetsov and Backstrom did for Ovechkin. So I'm going to go good call. Yeah, I'm going to go good call as well. I hate that poor Austin Matthews um, was kind of slighted by those two COVID years, 41 goals in 52 games and then 47 goals in 70 games, those two years that were shortened. Mm -hmm. I'd like to think that last year should have been his third 50-goal season instead of his... It was a 60-goal season, but his first 50-goal season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so he's yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of been slighted by the pandemic. Everybody was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just in terms of becoming a 50-goal scorer, I feel very comfortable that he'll yeah. he'll, he'll keep notching that many for, for a long time here. And he's fairly healthy, too. So love that. Okay, good call or bad call. Of the Leafs... I hate this. Of the Leafs' <laughs> upcoming RFAs. They have a lot of them. They have a lot of them. There not to go. stress anyone out. Right. And uh, my favorite Twitter account, Mitch Marnie, just pointed out that the Leafs cap friendly looks hilarious right now because um, Yarncroc and Morgan Riley are on the RIR. So it looks like they have nobody signed beyond next season with those two. So Fire Dubas. Um, no one signed for next year. Bad plan, Leafs management. Oh, my God. Of the Leafs' upcoming UFAs, they have a lot of them. Hall, Kerfoot, Bunting, Kempf, Engvall, Simmons, Czar, Zach Aston-Reese. Good call or bad call, Michael Bunting is the biggest priority to re-sign. By the way, that Zach Austin reese sounds like a boy band. 
That sounds like a member of a boy band. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of on the cover of Teen Beat. Um, no, that's a good call for Michael Bunting. He is 27 years old. You can make an argument for Justin Hall. He's been great this year. But yeah, hey, you know, you've got Sandine and Lilligren, you got, and eventually you're going to Brody and Morgan Riley back. Michael Bunting, 27 years old. Every team needs a productive bleep hole, not a bleep hole who plays nine minutes on right. the fourth line. Bunting can be that pest on a first line. Bunting is the most important one. Uh, Okay, so I feel like Sheldon Keefe's two favorite people mm-hmm. on the Leafs are Michael Bunting and David Camp. Like, there's a conversation to be had about Camp here because I think he, uh, for as bought in as everyone is defensively right now, I think David Camp drives drives a lot of of the defensive Agreed. play for the Leafs. Agree, even if it's not in an overly productive or flashy way. Um, it's tough. I'm having a hard time deciding between Michael Bunting or or Camp. Both are probably both. <laughs> please resign them both, Kyle. Uh, but but I, I probably think that I don't know. I, I think Camp pick. might be the priority. So I'm going bad call. All right, you're going bad. But call. I think they'll get them both. All right. Um. Okay. Here, this is the last one that we have time for, and it's the last one on the sheet actually. Gary Bettman, board okay. of governor meetings yesterday. We were talking to Darren Dreger about it and. Gary was in full sass mode yesterday, asked once again about the NHL's playoff format. This is what he sassily said about it. Is it okay? If you say to them, would you be open to a play-in, some of them might say, well, we could talk about it. Uh, We don't don't get that feedback. (sighs) People think the system we have in place right now is working extraordinarily well. And frankly, there's nothing better in sports playoffs than mm. our first round. And so I don't, I'm about. not sensing uh, much of an appetite for change. I think what we have now works. So you're, you're looking to fix a problem that doesn't exist. I'm not sure it enhances revenues. Diluting the regular season and diluting Quiet. the playoffs uh, doesn't make much sense to me. I think having a system where half the teams make the playoffs and half don't, I think that's perfect. So I don't disagree with the fact that the first round of the NHL playoffs are the best thing in sports. No one is saying that. Yeah. That is a straw man argument by Gary Bedman yeah. to distract you over here. The idea is having a play-in, eventually you still have just the same number of teams. The NBA still has eight. They just have, you know, seven and eight, nine and ten, battling it out. Yeah. And what it does is, and we've seen this, where at the end of the year, games become less relevant for so many teams. This would mean the regular season becomes more relevant for some of the teams trying to get in. Yeah. And we've seen bad teams, eight, seven and eight seeds, go on deep playoff runs every single every year. year. There's every so much year. parody in this league, and that's yes. credit to Gary Bettman because, yeah, he's big on parody and he's big on a flat cap, so that does add to, to parody a little bit. But if you're going to have this league that's so even, call. why not? Yeah, I'm going bad, bad call. call. Just he, Gary Shut up, Gary. Gary was like God. on one yesterday. He's he was like, I've been around one. 30 years, so I'm going to give everybody who asked me a question attitude. Yeah. And I did not think it was very nice of him. Better like the whole, the whole, I'm not big on the, lots of people have been complaining about the digital boards this year. And I'm not a huge fan. Some are definitely too distracting. I just don't, I don't know why he gets up there and says, yeah, like we don't receive that criticism. He's we being... I have, I have, we have polls about that. We haven't seen it. I see it every day on, I know social media is where people go to complain, but those are real people and real fans. We can't act like there's, there, it's not real that people are complaining about these things. Intellectually dishonest by Gary Bettman. Not very cool. Okay, we're going to have Harmon Dial join us on the other side to talk about the 
hot mess that is the Vancouver Canucks and the situation going on there. Uh, but that's hour one of Leafs Lunch with Julie Cherry and Matt Cause here on TSN 1050 and the iHeartRadio app. Hour two coming at you next.